Well, it's Tuesday. That means it's time for travel with our regular expert, Moncon McGann. Moncon, welcome to the programme. Thank you so much, George. Uh, were we in Westmead last week? Uh, yes, we were. That's right. <laughs> so this is slightly now sublime to ridiculous. Where mm-hmm. are we going now? I want to go to Uganda. You cannot be serious. <laughs> really, I can I can give just as good uh, sort of description of why one should go to Westmead as why should one go to Uganda. Both are not the most obvious places for tourism, to be fair. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, Uganda, isn't that the place where your man was? Formerly Idi- the sergeant in the army and he became commander-in-chief. Well done, Idi Amin. Yeah. Idi Amin, yeah. 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 Kampala. La- That's right, in the last movie, that movie, The Last High King of Scotland or whatever. Yeah, right. all right, so, thinks. okay, so I know where you're going. Yeah, now there is a government advisory about some parts about U- of Uganda, but it's not a part you're going to be anywhere near. So the northeastern of Uganda, there's been tribal warfare for, you know, forever now, uh, which Irish aid, in fact, have a big involvement in trying to educate them and, and improve okay. their lives. All Right. But what I want you to go is to, down to the south. So in sort of, it has the biggest, the highest mountain range in Africa. It's got obviously the biggest lake, Lake Victoria. Um, and it's got some of the densest forests and the best, like the best half of the world's mountain gorillas, which is, you know, on a, on a must-see list of so many people, are to be found in Uganda. Um, and it has been profoundly peaceful since the Amin years. Okay, now back up truck just a minute mm-hmm. here. Lake Victoria, aren't we talking about Dr. Livingston, I presume? Didn't Livingston discover Lake Victoria and named it for his queen? Well done, exactly. And then then Stanley went looking for him and found him. Exactly. So, well, then they wanted, yeah. So, then, then they used that as a basis. They thought that they could get a river across if they could b- link the Congo with Lake Victoria. They'd have a way right across Africa, and then they were trying to go down south from Lake Victoria. Okay. Mm. Now the gorillas. Then mm-hmm. we're talking about this woman, are we? Who spent her life with gorillas? Yes. Yeah, no? so, yeah. So those mountain gorillas are all in, uh, like they don't notice borders. So it's between Rwanda, Uganda. Uh, and sort of Burundi is where you're going to find yeah. those, those the mountain gorillas uh, and they cross so at the moment it's where it's safest to go to so you know Rwanda used to be the great great place to see mountain gorillas and then during their uh, years of genocide that became a no-go area but you wouldn't them. kind of wander up to these guys and sort of say how are gorilla <laughs> no you would not no first it's very expensive now because be, every one of them is preser- is protected and preserved and the only way you're going to go is with an armed sort of ranger who's protecting Protecting the gorillas more than you. Like, they have a gun, but they're, they're as likely to shoot you <laughs> rather than the... Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the other thing that needs to be mentioned, the only reason Uganda is is in the news these days is because of its anti-gay sentiments. You know, often the government comes out with these things of how they're going to imprison and how they're going to punish gay people. So that's that needs to be said. You know, the, politically, okay. there there is this issue. Um, uh, now, presumably, like lots of places mm-hmm. in Africa, they actually have national parks where... where the, the, the wildlife is protected. Exactly, yeah. And some of these are, they're all sort of clustered on the, on the, in the south uh, of the country. Now, Kampala is in the southeast of the country. So you're going to fly into Kampala and you again, you know, every time I do these, the airfares are cheaper because of, you know, because of international sort of uh, tr- increased travel. So you can now get to Entebbe, which is the famous airport right outside Kampala, uh, famous obviously because of the, remember the big hijacking, uh, yeah. the Israeli... Uh, when the Israelis stormed the 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 plane when it was on the on the um, runway in Entebbe, um, so but anyway, 
Turkish Airlines will now fly you there for four hundred and fifty euros, and you can get out of Dublin with Turkish Airways, exactly. can't you? Yeah, exactly. Four hundred and fifty euros. Know. Now, not not in the height of summer, but if you're no. going there in October, which is when you want to go anyway, uh, you get there for KLM will for about five hundred and seventy euros, and then through Amsterdam, exactly. Yeah, but uh, but it, yeah, and to be fair, in the summertime, anyone is going to charge you eight hundred euros. But it's just I'm I'm trying to look at when's the cheapest place you can go because you don't want to go to you don't want to go to Africa in the summertime anyway. These are you know escape our winters by going to these places. All right, um, they the one of the things I always wanted to do mm-hmm. but couldn't persuade. There's a lot of holidays that I cannot do because of the woman I'm married to, right? Well, she could say the same. There's a lot of places she wants to bring you to that you're so close-minded of. But yes, I accept the point. Can we do safari parks here? Can uh, we phenomenally so, and a lot yeah. more affordable than in Tanzania and Kenya? Okay, there'll be okay. a different type of safari park. So first, let's say you arrive in Kampala. Um, one thing, the interesting thing to do is not to stay in Kampala, which is another chaotic African city, but to stay in Entebbe on the shores of Lake, Lake Victoria, right outside. Um, but otherwise, you take a bus. You're going straight west. You can take a taxi if you want. It's like a, a day, seven hours in a taxi. It yeah. costs probably about 60 euros. A bus will cost you about five euros every 30 minutes from the bus station. Heading west through this wonderful area, sort of landscape of mud villages in thick mango forest, tea plantations, papyrus swamps. Eventually, they'll lead you in either Cassese or Fort Portal, two market towns in the in the, in the the southwest of the country. And obviously, I suppose the nearest park to that is the Bwindi Impenetrable National Park. The Bwindi Impenetrable Forest. Like, it sounds like something from a myth. And it is basically impenetrable. So while the Ice Age, you know, covered Europe and most of Africa between 12,000 and 18,000 years ago, this area remained untouched, okay? So this forest, the trees exist from before the last ice age. So basically, when a piece of rainforest always has great diversity, the Bwindi impenetrable forest has phenomenal diversity. It has all the plants and animals and trees that were there before the ice age and all that have developed in the last uh, 18,000 years since. Now, one of the things here about Africa, mm-hmm. you can't talk about Africa without talks about tribes because when the British colonised the place, they just drew lines in the map, exactly. which had nothing to do with the tribal areas mm-hmm. and subsequently called problem, caused problems. But But people are living here, presumably, not all that different from the way they lived when Livingston went down. Exactly. I mean, even Kampala, even the political system in Kampala, it's entirely tribal. The president and his people have been in control and they will be in control. And that's the problem. That's why you can't go up to the northeast of the country. It is still tribal war- warfare there. But it does give you a great uh, opportunity to do what I always love, community tourism in Africa. You find one small tribe who are the victims, but who have who are living in a phenomenally beautiful place and you teach them some tourism um, basics, okay? And they've done this. Oh, amazing they? way. The, the, like how? The Bakonzo tribe. The Bakonzo tribe were living in the jungle as hunter-gatherers, okay? Right. Uh, for the last 300 years, they were moved out by a more vicious tribe into this area um, of the rainforest, and it's right beside the Ruanzuri National Park. Now, the Ruanzuri Mountains are the highest mountain range in Africa. They are the mountains of the moon. They are the thing that... Um, uh, the Ptolemy in whatever, 350... He was a Greek or something, exactly, wasn't he? Exactly, yeah, the, the great map maker. In 350 AD, he he charted the, the mountains of the moon, these mysterious mountains, where he said the Nile, the White Nile, rised. In fact, he was, a little, he was about 100 miles off, or maybe 200 miles off, but he was pretty right. They're called the mountains of the moon because they are invisible all day long. They're clothed in this mist of, of, of wow. deep cloud that goes down and all you see is their grey-blue grey bellies going up into the cloud 
Now, if you could see through the mist, some of them are white clad and glacial clad all year round. But it is, it's, uh, in fact, the, the, the first explorer was a great Irishman of the area, Bergen, I think is his name. Um, but they're now, so to get access to this national park, most of us don't want to go near the Rwanzuri National Park. Because the problem is, it is, it's so boggy and so misty that basically it involves wading through, you know, high, deep bog. <laughs> okay, can we skip constant, that? No, no. Well, yes, yeah, if you, yeah, I mean, but the, you're going across an ecosystem that is entirely rare: rare heather's, orchids, high montane forest. But what I want you to do, rather than having to pay hundred dollars a day for access to the national park, go to the Ruanzuri Community Camp. At the, just be outside the border. The Ruanzuri are the tribe. The Ruanzuri are the mountains. And oh, the yeah. Bacanzo, oh. Tri- the, Baca- the Bacanzo tribe Bacanzo. are the people. Yeah. Okay. And so some enlightened sort of community tourist groups from abroad have taught them for have taught them tourism. So they've now set the system of wooden chalets, okay, L- looking up at the mountains, surrounded by rich moss-clad bromeli- uh, sort of woods, uh, hardwoods and bromelide fronds going down. And they give you tours through up into their mountain. The, the, the tribe's man. Exactly. Will bring you into his really? hunting area where he knows the sound of every growl of every animal, the use for every bark, every leaf, every tree in the in the area. Go away. Yeah, and so he'll bring you to the local herbalist, to the local blacksmith, but best of all is to the local shanachi, the old man who has all the stories of the village, okay? And he'll stand there in a clearing in the wood with his spear and he'll show you his spear and he'll tell you all the lions and all the monkeys it has killed, but but not only that, all the all the tribal enemies it has killed. And it'll show you the brown marks, which he says is the blood of a particular tribal enemy that had been hunting for years. And he, 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 he bemoans the fact that the government is now trying to make his area a national park, trying to extend the parameters of the Ruanzori National Park. But hold on now. Mm. This is actually incredible. Because, you know, when we go on holiday, Mm -hmm. the idea of meeting, like, because Africa, Mm -hmm. darkest Africa, Mm -hmm. as it was always known, I mean, you're almost... You're almost walking in the footsteps of, of, of Livingston here in a way. Without doubt. Yeah. And and presumably like women are walking along with pots on their heads exactly, and exactly, all yeah. this sort of stuff. Yeah. And you're not exploiting them because these are people who had no opportunity. Okay, They were hunter-gatherers who are having to yeah. come to terms with the modern world. Their only chance is if they get education now. They're the only chance to make, to know about laws and to know how to protect their land. And for to do that, like education in Uganda, it's like one teacher to every 120 people. Okay, So the only way you're going to get up is if you get private education. And what this community tourism um, opportunity project does is they pick 37 of the brightest Bokonzo kids every year and send them to the private school in Fort Portal or Cassesi. And there they come back and learn law, learn learn about government, learn... Come back to... in their blazers and white shirts and ties. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, they go with with, That's with chests, with wooden chests on their head. They yeah. walk the, like the f- six hours to the to the private school, stay there for six months and then come back again. Wow. And But all the local people then are growing vegetables and fruit for the tourists who are coming down. And to be fair... There's only a few tourists coming to these places because places like this don't have an advertising budget. So there happens to be a hotel right on the edge of the ruins or National Park too, a bland South African or English-owned hotel where you'll get bad service, you'll be a white, characterless concrete building. And that's what gives African hotels such a bad name. There's no character. Whereas here, for yeah. 10 euros a night, for five, four euros for a great meal, for like 12 euros for a full tour of the area... Um, you're directly helping the well, community. Okay. Now, by the way, Tuesday Travel on the Right Hook is now sponsored by Mass.
MasterCard. You can explore, discover, and embrace the kind of passions Moncon is talking about. The Bacuzzi Tribe even take MasterCard uh, for for everything you would look at. With uh, oh, look it up at Priceless.com. And to be so, fair, like credit cards have transformed travel. You know, do you remember the the, the first time I ever went? I went to Colombia to Bogota, and everyone said, "Don't go. Everything will be you'll have will be robbed from you. You'll know you won't start survive another week." But I was determined to travel. This was 1989, 1990. And I decided, you know, credit cards were just coming in. Then you can go and you'll always find a machine in any town. You just withdraw whatever it is, 20 euros, 40 euros you need for the next four days. If it gets robbed, it's not the end of the world. Okay, but the only difference here, Moncom, with respect, and I have to say this every now and again, like you're a backpacker Mm. extraordinaire. So you're happy to get on the bus which rattles along for six hours Mm. with a woman with three chickens next to you. I have to tell you, myself and the, that's not how myself and the lovely Ingrid travel. Now, how are we going to get on with the Bacosi? Like, are there going to be creepy crawlies under our bed? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to send yous to the Bacosi. What I'll send yous to, you arrive in... in, in uh, Entebbe. Exactly. And then you're going to take a taxi. You're going to take an air-conditioned taxi to the same place. You're going through the same route that I am on the bus, but where I get the treat of the bus stops in the local village and everyone will turn up with their hot chapatis and their cold drinks and their cut mango for me. You'll be in your, in your air-conditioned taxi. You can still pull up and they'll, they'll come to you but you're going to arrive in a gorgeous Belgium owned guest house in Fort Portal called Fort Portal yeah um, yeah. it's called the Ruanzori View uh, for about 30 euros so where I'm paying 10 euros to be in a cabin with most gorgeous views or 5 euros to be in a tent with even better views you're going to be in the centre of town for 30 euros B&B not as good views but really great like Dutch breakfast pancakes and apple sort of charlotte and, and, and crumbles are you serious yeah and still going out to these local um the local national parks to sort of Kibale National okay. Park. Okay, now, I, I remember when I went to South Africa, mm-hmm. right, and, and like the wonderful Cape Town, and then you went up to to uh, the, the western, we went on to the western Cape and all that sort of thing. But you were slightly hesitant about walking around the streets uh, holding hands like... Are we okay to walk the streets in Kampala and places? I mean, you're you're absolutely okay to walk the streets anywhere in Africa. Uh, sorry, anywhere in Uganda is what I mean. Um, but Kampala, yes, Kampala is a lot safer than Nairobi, for example. It's yeah. even safer than Dar es Salaam, which is quite which is quite safe these days. But Kampala is a fast-moving city. You know, is there any city these days yeah, that you can yeah. totally stand Even over? Dublin might be dodgy. Like. Yeah, but for some reason, Ugandan people are amazingly laid back. They're very relaxed people and they're amazingly friendly. Um, so the one place, the safari park I would be sending you to was one of the most elite safari parks in the 1960s and 70s, Queen Elizabeth National Park, which is again right now down south near the border with the Congo and Rwanda. Um and a, one, a great opportunity, actually, you don't want to do this, but if you want to get into the Congo, like so many people in Ireland have this strong relationship with Zaire, with the Congo, because of our UN involvement in the 60s. Yeah. And it's one of the easiest ways. If you get to, you have a safe enough holiday in southwest Uganda and you just take a bus over the border um, for as long as you dare into the Congo. The long, You will be absolutely safe in the Congo, but we just hear so many scare stories. But anyway, go to Queen Elizabeth National Park. It I has, went to the funeral in Dublin of the Irish UN guys who were killed in the Congo. Mm. Lieutenant Gleeson was in charge. And what was the name, you big... uh, What's that word that they were fighting? uh, It'll come to me now. And it's still a a, a big... 
Baluba. Baluba. They were fighting the Baluba. You're absolutely... And it then became a particularly Dublin form of abuse, you big Baluba. I was just trying to think, because there was one teacher who'd just say, you know, McGann, you big Baluba, yeah. I wonder, he had probably no idea there was an African tribe. All right. So, um... Queen Elizabeth National Park, though, has all of these fine colonial safari lodges yeah. uh, that attracted, you know, the jet set who used to come to Africa in the 60s and 70s. At Back then, it had probably the best collection of elephants, lions, leopards and hippos. I was just going to say, they're mm. now in short supply. They are in some parts. They're coming back. So if you, if I the first time I went to Queen Elizabeth National Park was twenty years ago, and everything had been wiped out because of ivory grabbing, trophy hunting, yeah. and and just a hunger of Idi Amin's troops after the dictatorship collapsed. But they're coming back to a phenomenal extent. Uh, can I just say I was reading mm-hmm. David Attenborough yeah. during the week. Mm-hmm. The giraffe is in more danger than the elephant. The wow. giraffe is on the way out, according to David Attenborough. And that's because they're so specific eating, aren't they? They'll only yeah. eat a particular type of high tree, whereas an elephant will eat anything you give them. Yeah, anything. so apparently so. And the Queen Elizabeth National Park has tree-climbing lions, extremely rare. So if you, Tree-climbing you, lions? Yeah, you, you'll always see them on adventure, on a, on a sort of explore, discovery programmes, Attenborough programmes, but they only exist in a few places in Africa. Incredible. All right, well, yeah. I tell you, that's amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I must get a few videos for you in order to consider at home when you're back home in your your uh, green farm in Westmead. Um, there's a wonderful one called Where No Vultures Fly, starring mm. a fellow called Anthony Steele, who was a great heartthrob in the 1950s. And the idea of Where No Vultures Fly was the idea of a safari park where the animals were protected so therefore there were no vultures. Nice, nice. Hmm. And I saw that in the Savoy Cinema in Cork when I was about 10. And my father explained it all to me. Well, that's it. Tuesday travel with Moncom McGann. We were in Uganda, thanks to MasterCard and Moncom. Next week, heaven knows, but one thing is certain, it'll be interesting.